When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. Our countdown to Army begins in moments. But first, as we welcome you into the tailgate, Baker Mayfield just wrapped up his regular season debut as the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. He came in a little bit just past midway into the second quarter. And despite trailing 14-0, to Baker helped lead the Browns to their first win since Christmas Eve of 2016. That's right. The Browns have just beaten the Jets as we tape this 21-17. Baker finishes 17-23 of for 201 yards and, of course, had the reception on the two-point conversion that at the time had tied the game at 14. It was a great night for Baker. It was a great night for Sooner football. So congratulations to Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. They are now 1-1-1 on the season as they won tonight 21-17. Who knows? A lot of times when you see former players that wore the crimson and cream play on a Thursday night, they might show up in Norman come Saturday. So we'll see if maybe we'll see six return to Norman or not come Saturday. In the meantime... We have a lot to get to involving the Sooners' countdown to their showdown with Army. Joining us right off the top is Toby Rowland, the voice of the Sooners. Caught up with Toby a little bit earlier today and just kind of dove into some of the things that he's learned as he's prepared to call the game this Saturday on the Sooner Radio Network. Well, I mean, it's triple option. Um, 
they throw the ball more than they have in the past, but still not a lot. Um, so, I mean, the, 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 the crux of your preparation has to be to figure out assignment football, and I think it's been very interesting in talking to Lincoln Tuesday night and hearing him in his press conference on Monday the extent they've gone to to get ready for this game well beyond this week. He said this, this is not something you can get ready for in a week. And so back into the spring or even in the fall, there have been days or periods of days where they have gone ahead and and started trying to prepare the defense for what they're going to see this week and familiarize them with all the different types of options that they're going to encounter. And uh, they've had some guys that they've brought in who uh, are on the scout team with a little bit of familiarity in the option. He said, Lincoln said Tuesday night, there are some guys who've never heard of the wishbone before <laughs> on their team, much less played it. So it has been a, a educational experience for many. But, you know, it's migraine headache, really, to get ready right. for a triple option team, which is the point. You, you see it so rarely now that when you – that's why the uh, service academies run it. Uh, it they got to find a way to get an advantage. And, uh, and this is it. So I think as the night goes along, you'll see the OU defense become more and more comfortable with defending it. So if you're vulnerable to the option, usually you're vulnerable early. When you're not quite used to the speed, the way they're running it isn't the way you've seen it on scout team. Uh, You get sucked into a run and they throw a pass down the seam over your head. So the first quarter is usually the quarter where on defense you're on skates a little bit, and then you settle in as you see it more and more. But it's uh, it's going to be an interesting night. They've got some names for you, too, on the broadcast as well. So this will be – I love their pronunciation guide in the game notes. It's a full page. It's every Lengthy. single player. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Basically. I like to think that's just our United States Army – being extra detailed i think so too i yeah. think so too you know slumka uh there's a guy a fullback named connor slumka right who had a uh, long touchdown run last week i hope he gets the ball out i like saying slumka uh, well here's the good news is i think i'm going to put him in my spotlight because yeah. whoever their starting fullback is and they've played obviously a couple of guys there but as we were talking with mike stoops on the coach's corner and obviously teddy being right there that's the most important position as far as stopping the option is concerned you've got to make sure that you hit the fullback period end of discussion you hear terms like feather I I heard that a lot from Mm -hmm. from Teddy and and coach talking about feathering off and not basically going all in so it's going to be an adjustment not only in preparing Toby but I think on Saturday and you're right it might take a little bit to get going but you know it's interesting we've talked so much about how to defend the triple option, we really haven't talked too much about Army's defense or how Oklahoma can attack him either. So it just shows you the challenges of what we're facing on Saturday. Yeah, they're pretty sound defensively. I'm hard-pressed to think that they're going to get a lot of pressure on Kyler. Um, I think OU is going to be able to run the ball on him with some success, and uh, and Hollywood is a nightmare. Uh, really, CD and Hollywood, I don't think they really have an answer for. So, um, you know, the tricky thing 
when you play these guys with with your offenses, you might not get the ball a bunch. Right. You know, if, right. if they are successful when they have the ball, that means there's not going to be many possessions. You know, time of possession on the year is like 40 minutes to 20 in favor of Army. In that bowl game last year, they had the ball for 46 of the 60 minutes. Wow. Now, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully OU can get some three and outs and get the ball back and, it's not like that on Saturday night. But a lot of times against a triple option, the, the clock keeps moving. There's no incomplete passes. You look up and you've had two possessions in a quarter. And all of a sudden, when you get the ball, you, you, you force it a little bit because you're not getting it very often. You've been sitting over there on the sidelines for a long time. So uh, you got to continue to be patient and not try to score the first play every time. All that kind of stuff. Their spotter board is um, flipped uh, compared to what you normally see. A normal team, Chris, has five or six ball carriers, <laughs> you know, like a tailback and a, a fullbacks, and 10 to 15 wide receivers that could possibly, you know, but wide receiver slash tight ends. These guys have about five pass catchers. And I think their depth chart lists 11 or 12 ball carriers. It's crazy. They've got like five fullbacks that they'll play. So they've got a, you know, obviously you look at them, they got a ton of guys in the backfield. So it's an interesting prep for sure. We'll be on the air live from FanFest presented by Allstate at 4 p.m. with Toby, the coach, Merv, Teddy, Gabe, Rufus, and myself. That's 4 p.m. If there's not an affiliate that you can find at Soonersports.com slash radio, you can always find us on the TuneIn Radio app. All right, so from Toby to another member of the radio crew, Rufus Alexander joins us on the Sooner Sports Podcast. I talked to Rufus a little bit earlier today as we taped this tonight. I had asked Mike Stoops earlier this week during the Coach's Corner how he felt about the performance against Iowa State. And in his term that he used, I thought was brilliant. He said indifferent. Things we can do better, things we did okay. But Rufus, how do you feel about the way the Sooner defense performed now looking back to the Saturday win over Iowa State? I mean, the same. I mean, a little bit of the same. I mean, you kind of take a look back at it, and um, it wasn't a lot of glaring holes that was all over the defense. I mean, guys were there in the hole to make tackles. Um, a guy was wrapped up with somebody around his leg, and a person, the second person that's coming is over there trying to lay some big, crazy hit and ducking her head and shoulder and is bouncing the guy out of a tackle and allow him to go for more yards. So, um, and then on the, the long passes, I mean, it's just you, if they can get, if they get a long pass, okay, so be it, but you have to make the tackle after that. The safety has to make the tackle, have to put both arms around the guy and drive him down to the ground, not hit him, fall to the ground or hit, try to hit and go for the ball and let him spin out of it. Uh, it's those little things that drive you crazy as a defensive coordinator, as a as a coach, a uh, position coach, as players. I mean, you, I mean, you see the guys on the sideline; they they talk about it and say, "Man, we got to get the guy on the ground. Come on, man, keep your head up. You know, tackle. We got to finish this game and all this and that stuff." So, it's something the kids understand and they acknowledge. It's something the coaches acknowledge, um, but it has to get better. Um, you can't continuously have years where they continue to do some of those same things over and over and over again. Rufus Alexander hanging out with us. You've played against the triple option, so where's the biggest challenge from a linebacker's perspective come Saturday when you're defending this? Uh, it's taking care of your responsibility. Um, the option makes you be 
it make one it makes you tackle one on one, and two it also makes you be responsible for your job. If you're a undisciplined team, um, you will get beat on the triple option. But if you're a disciplined team and a, a good tackling team, and that's the that's the question mark I have for OU, you have to be a really good tackling team against any triple option team, and you have to be a disciplined, defensive-minded team. You have to be really disciplined. If you have to dive, take the dive. You have the quarterback, take the quarterback. If you have the pitch, get there. You want the ball to go to the pitch so you can rally everybody and go there. It's the first initial hit. If you don't take the quarterback when you're supposed to, it gashes you. If you don't take the dive when you're supposed to take it, it gashes you. Because that's the two first instant things that happen. And then if you're allowed to, if, when everything goes to the pitch and you have a guy there, it, it just pretty much strings everything out and you have everybody there. So that's the thing about it is taking care of your, taking care of your business and, and playing by your rules and the, and the things that you're going to be coached to do because it'll be a fairly simple game if you do that. Rufus, what has been your take on the breakout, if you will, performance? And I know it's just through three games, but you probably watch him closer than anyone. But to see Curtis Bolton play the way that he has so far? Um, my take on it is, is a, it's a lot like, you know, whenever the light goes on for every kid, whenever they're playing football, um, when you, one, you start to accept the coaching and take it. And then you realize, well, man, coach obviously actually knows what he's talking about. I should have been playing this position for a while. Um, but then you, you start taking the coaching and stuff and things get easier to you. Your eyes are open more to the defenses and things that are happening to you, man. He's just, I think he's just breaking out and, and kind of feeling comfortable within himself. Um, and you, you see it, it goes out on the field. He's always been an aggressive kid. And what's, what's helping the defense out is in other games prior to this and last year's game and games before, guys that played that position allowed the game, allowed it to string along for a while. He hits it downhill, so that makes that keeps the gap small, and that makes the running back have to make a decision right now to go in a certain gap or hole. And it doesn't the play doesn't run away from a defensive lineman, and they keep the gaps really small. So he's doing a good job of setting the edge or setting um, the line and stopping it from stringing out on all on defense. And it's helping is helping Kenneth Murray out because he's been able to do it on his side. It helps Neville out. It also helps your defensive tackles out. I'm pretty blessed because I get to sit and talk football with you every Saturday, Rufus, and I'm always guilty of maybe pigeonholing and talking too much defense with you and trying to learn from you. So with that said, I want to get your take on what you've seen so far from Kyler Murray. I mean, what a what a nightmare for defenses to prepare for. But to me, he's been much better throwing the ball than I think anyone could have anticipated. Yes, I mean, after the game against UCLA where he was off on a little bit of his outside passes because the – the flat passes were open over and over and over again. In this game, he was on the money on a lot of those throws. He did a really good job of managing the game. And his running and with his feet, it helps him out also. It helps him string out those bootleg passes. Then he bet he gets a throwback to Marquise, uh, to Hollywood. Um, and you just kind of look at his game right now. I think he's just settling in because it's been a long time since he's been a starting quarterback. Um, since, a, since being at A&M, and you have to sit behind Baker Mayfield, but he is right now, I think he's poised to make a push for the Heisman Trophy, the way he's playing. He's everything right now to this offense because I think on the offensive line side, they're struggling a little bit. I think with making Creed Humphrey the uh, the starter at center, now you can start, everybody can start gelling together. The guards and the tackles can all start gelling, and then you can start figuring out his weaknesses and how you can help him. And Beanbo is an unbelievable coach, and he will do things that kind of go to – 
Creed Humphrey's, Creed Humphrey's strength, and then he'll help him out where he's weak, where he's weak at. And that's where, and that's where when you have Alvarez in there, he's not stronger at the point of attack. Um, and what it also do is help out Kyler Murray. You have one signal caller in there helping getting the blitzes and all that stuff. One guy helping you out as a center instead of you know Alvarez to see something different than Creed. So I think for the whole offense and for Kyler Murray, it'll settle everything down now that Creed Humphries is the is the starting guy there. Couple of quick things before I let you want uh, run, Rufus. Obviously, the injury to Rodney Anderson hurts, but I, I'm pretty excited about the potential of Trey Sermon. I know he didn't have that big chunk run outside of the what 22, 24 yard touchdown run on Saturday, or at least a series of them that people like to see. But I'm kind of excited about him as as Lincoln Riley put it, the clear cut number one guy. What do you think of Trey Sermon? I mean, I like him. He's a powerful guy. Um, I mean, if he gets the head of steam and going, there's nobody going to take him down with an arm tackle. You're going to have to really bring two people and get get him down on the ground. Sometimes um, I think he's a really too pa- sometimes he's too patient in the hole where he kind of takes a little hop step, hop step, and try to find the hole. Sometimes it's, you have to just get your head down there and go and get it. Sometimes, um, and I think with time and as he keeps on working and keeps on getting plays, more and more plays. He'll learn that and get get better, but for the most part, man, you can't you cannot just you cannot be numb more than excited about watching him play and getting better and excited for his future as a running back and being the future back right now. Trey Sermon is going to do really well. He's going to grow and mature in this position. And unfortunately, it had to go with Rodney Anderson being out, and now he's going to have to mature a little bit faster. But man, he is going to be a special back, and I think probably. By Texas game, he will be in full stride or a little bit after that. He'll be ready to go, and kids, the guy's going to be like, man, that's a different running back that we've seen the first few weeks. Interesting people forget that we didn't even really know Rodney was going to be a part of this offense until about week five last year. So who knows what might be ahead for Trey Sermon or even one of the younger guys, Kennedy Brooks, uh, or potentially a TJ Pledger. Hey, I want to wrap up with this just – Going back to our initial conversation, or at least thought, Rufus, about weather, when you were playing, what was your biggest concern when you knew you'd be dealing with a wet field? What were you most keeping an eye on or making sure was was good whenever you would be dealing with a wet defense? surface? Man, come on, man. The weather, <laughs> rain. Well, you love I, it defensively, I'm, right. <laughs> I love playing in the rain. I mean, big hits. I mean, you get to hit and you get to slide a guy all the way 10 yards backwards if you're hitting him back. When you hit the water, just flies off the top of your helmet, so every hit is more intensified. To me, I love playing in the rain. Um, it limits the guy. It limits a lot of teams to being one-dimensional, Run it, running downhill. And they, they say it's supposed to downpour. So all I know is they're going to run the ball and they're going to run the ball some more. And then it's Army, so they're already one-dimensional already as it is. So I almost know almost 100% of the time it's going to be run. I'm downhill in the plane in the backfield. Anything that shows it is on, and that's, I don't think I have a concern about playing in the run as a defender. I love it that's because, awesome. just because for those reasons I said. I mean, it, it almost it takes away the passing game. It's a heavier ball, and for de- for defensive backs, you got to throw the ball. They got to throw the ball a lot harder, and sometimes some guys can't do it and make it. Don't have the arm strength, so you get to play the ball in the air and make interceptions. This is all this points in the defensive side on a four points in the defensive direction, but not in this game against Army because they are a triple option run team. 
<laughs> the ball's a little bit slipperier, so that can help you out a little bit. But for the uh, for Army, it it doesn't matter with these guys, and it should be a fun and exciting game defensively and offensively. As a defense, you can't wait because you know what's coming. It's no trickery. It's downhill run game. You don't have to worry about some backup quarterback or somebody that may have never played the position yet, don't have any film on them, or you have some offensive coordinator that came from somewhere else or defensive coordinator that you know nothing about. Everything is in front of you, and you're preparing for a team that you know everything about, and you've been knowing about this team since week one, and their offense hasn't changed. So should be fun. From Rufus Alexander, one of the greats, in the past, too, maybe one of the future greats. Kenneth Murray has been off to a great start so far for the Sooners. Kenneth was at the coaches' press conference earlier this week, and we caught up with him to recap Iowa State and look ahead to Army. Oklahoma gets the win over Iowa State. We're here with Kenneth Murray. Kenneth, first and foremost, congrats. How would you feel looking back on the tape about that performance? Uh, you know, I felt pretty good. I mean, I think, you know, we, we, we battled some adversity. You know, we fought, fought our butts off. So, I think as long as, you know, we fight good, you know, every time we get out there, you know, it's going to be some type of adversity. So, as long as, you know, guys fight the way they fought last weekend, I feel like, you know, we learned something. So, you know, I feel like it was a good win, and I'm just happy to get a great win. Unique environment, too. Sometimes when we think about going to Iowa, we think cold, we think elements. It was flat-out hot on Saturday. That's, what, the second time this year you guys really had to face those elements. That's where the training, that's where Coach Wiley and Coach Tiff come in, isn't it? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. It, it was definitely, you know, it kind of surprised me a little bit how hot it was. But, you know, it's just something that we used to. It's something that we used to around here at Oklahoma. So, you know, it wasn't nothing to get the job done out there. I saw something really cool about the third quarter. Everyone came together, the leaders. I, Ronnie Perkins was even the guy that brought them together. How important was that for you guys to come together and have a – just make sure everyone was on the same page talk? No, yeah, it was really important. You know, I tell my guys all the time, you know, adversity defines true character. So, you know, we got hit with some adversity. You know, you know, first couple of games, you know, we, we played our butts off. But in the third game, we got hit with some adversity, and it was time for us to respond and see where we're going to respond. That really tells you exactly what we have on defense. So – and as a whole team, it tells you what, what what you have when you respond to adversity. So I think we responded well. We fought our butts off, and we got the W. Unique challenge this weekend with Army. They do throw the ball a little bit more, but it's still that option attack. What have you seen so far, and how much of a challenge is it for you and Buzzy inside? Um, I mean, it's, it's not too much of a challenge. You know, it's going to be real fun because, I mean, it's a lot of run um, <laughs> for the most part. But, you know, definitely got to, you know, keep keep your eyes on your keys, definitely with the triple options because it's real, real, real easy to get lost. Um, but, you know, you know, I like what I see so far. You know, they're a real good offense, and, you know, I'm just looking forward to playing them this weekend. Now, have you played against a triple option much from even back to the high school days to now? Uh, I've played probably two triple option teams in my career, a couple in high school. What's the biggest challenge with it? Um, it's, 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 it's assignment football, it's strictly assignment football. I mean, if one person doesn't do their assignment, assignment right, then they can bust one for, you know, a long touchdown. So, you know, you have to all be locked in, all be doing your job. And at the end of the day, it's like you just got to do your job as assignment football. Being back home, you want to see a loud crowd. How much does that inspire and carry you guys? Oh, man, that, that inspires us a lot. You know, the fans, we had the greatest fans in the world. And just hearing them out there cheering, you know, having a, a loud crowd this weekend, you know, it just it just edges us on even more. So, you know, we love our fans and we have the greatest fans in America. And from the defensive side of the football to the offensive side of the football, Marquise Brown, after a huge first half, and a huge game on Saturday against Iowa State. Caught up with him for the Sooner Sports Podcast. Oklahoma knocks off Iowa State, getting set for Army. We're here with Marquise Brown. Hollywood, how'd you feel overall about the performance when you looked back on the tape against the Cyclones? Uh, you know, I felt like, you know, we played good. You know, when adversity hit us, you know, we continued to fight. And, you know, we played a four-quarter a four quarter game. 
we still left some plays out there on the field, but you know, I felt like overall our effort was good. Take me through the big touchdown pass in the first half. What did you see, and how were you able to get so open away from two defensive backs that were trailing you? Uh, I just seen you know open space down the middle. I knew I had you know to get over top of them, so I just ran. Kyler threw a great ball, and I just had to catch it. You guys, I know that the media asked you about it, and I get the chemistry that you guys have. It seemed like it started from day one whenever you guys got on the field together. It's a Tulane game last year. Mm -hmm. What's helped develop that chemistry between you and Kyler? Uh, it's just, you know, the time we spend with each other, and, and we just know the competitiveness between both of us. You know, we both like to win. <laughs> so it's just like we go out there, and, and he expects me to be where I'm supposed to be, and I expect him to throw it how he's supposed to throw it. And it's just, you know, something that we continue to build on. One final thought on Kyler. When you see him performing like he did, leaving everything out there, that really kind of inspires everyone else, doesn't it? That brings everyone else up because he was, he was pretty gutty on Saturday. Yeah, it inspires everyone, you know. You know, I still don't like when he gets hit, you know. I try to have the hardest to, you know, keep blocking for him. But, you know, I love, you know, his competitiveness. Like, he wants to win. And it just fires everyone else up and it makes you play better. We talked we talked about it before, but downfield blocking for you guys has been a key component to some of these big runs. How much pride do you and CD and the other receivers take in that? Uh, we take a lot of pride in it, and so does our receiver coach, you know, Coach Simmons. He tells us, you know, you have to block. If, you, if you're going to play here, you have to block. So it's just something I pride myself in, being a smaller guy, you know, to just block downfield. And I like seeing, you know, my teammates have success. How have you been able to compartmentalize all the talk about you and the next level and awards and NFL lists come out and you're the most intriguing prospect right now in college, in college football? How have you been able to stay humble through all of that? Uh, you know, I just leave it all in God's hands, you know. I'm a big believer in God, so I just focus on, you know, my team and, and, and winning each game, you know, and if the awards come, then that's just a blessing that you have for me. And then when you hit the field, that switch comes on. Take us through kind of the mindset whenever you're back home and you have this home crowd and this energy. It really inspires this team, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm like a totally different person from <laughs> on the field. Now I am off the field. I'm like calm off the field, but, you know, once – you know, it's game time. You know, I just flip a switch and just become a totally different person. Yeah, I'll wrap it up with this. Team's 3-0 and right now. Marquis as a leader. How do you feel about where this team is, and where do you want to see them continue to improve? Uh, I feel like we're on the right path right now. And going forward, I just feel like we all just need to just keep playing fast, physical, and leaving everything on the field, offense, defense, special teams, and, you know, we're going to be in good shape. And one more quick segment before we get out of here. You know him. You love him. He's the producer, Jacob Potter, with what to expect on Sooner Game Day. Chris, for junkies that are studying the stats, this is an upside-down world that we're living in this week. Usually when we're going through passing stats, you need a calculator and a bunch of commas. But here's some of the things that we're diving into Saturday on Sooner Game Day. You're probably hearing that this isn't the Army team of old, that they're slinging the rock a little bit up at West Point. It's not a lie, but it might be a tall tale. The Black Knights have already completed 18 passes this season. You might as well call it an air raid offense. Last year, Army completed just 20 passes throughout the entire season. Kind of hard to fathom those numbers for those of us here in Big 12 country. Now, because of that, and what might be even crazier, statistically, Army leads the nation in yards per completion with over 23 yards per catch. So I'll be interested to hear what Teddy thinks of the defense approach on Saturday as he's going to be breaking down the triple option for us. We're also going to get into Kyler Murray's Heisman chances, what to expect from Mark Jackson and Kenneth Murray, and much more at 10 a.m. on Fox Sports Oklahoma. And one other thing, 
Army hasn't lost a game in three years whenever they don't have a turnover. It'll be a good sign if the Sooners can steal a possession. 6 p.m. on Saturday, we'll be on the air with the Sooner Radio Network at 4 p.m. All right, a lot of cool things surrounding this game. Here's a quick rundown of a few of them that you can look forward to come Saturday. Members of the Black Daggers, the official U.S. Army Special Ops Command Parachute Demonstration Team, are scheduled to deliver the game ball by landing in the stadium before the Pride of Oklahoma's pregame show right around 545. An 85-yard-long American flag will be held by 350 cadets, soldiers, and alumni during the National Anthem. An Oklahoma Air National Guard flyover featuring the Blackhawk, Chinook, and Lakota helicopters is scheduled to occur at the end of the anthem. The Army Silent Drill Team, the 145th Army Band, and the Pride of Oklahoma will perform at halftime. And there'll be an array of large-scale military equipment from Fort Sill, that will be on display on Brooks Mall, north of Gaylord Family, Oklahoma Memorial Stadium, throughout Saturday. A lot of really cool events surrounding the game. Can't wait to see you this Saturday. As always, we appreciate you listening, subscribing. Please share it. If you use iTunes, leave a ratings, hopefully a five-star one or a review. We appreciate the feedback. And anything that you want to talk about that you want us to get into, guests you want to hear from, you can hit us up at OU on the air on Twitter. Everyone have a great game day. We'll be back with a post-game show and, of course, the game plan coming up next Tuesday. Until then, have a great game day. And Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.